Hello, Puggies, and welcome to the Pug Life Show, brought to you by Pug Parties, because your pug deserves to be the best dressed at the porty, and you can check out their outfits at pugparties.com. I'm your host, Donna, and with me are my puggy co-hosts, Charles and Rosie. This week, our guest is Fiona from the Doggy Lady School. Up until we met Cruz and Emily a few weeks ago, I had no idea there was such a thing as sniffer school, or as I like to call it, scent training for fun. Our lovely guest Fiona runs a dog training school in WA that specialises in teaching any breed of dog scent work. Yep, even pugs can learn to do it. And just like little Emily, who is a champion at it from what Fiona's told us. The best part about this show is the at-home sniffer training you can give your puggy, no school required. Fiona told us how we can introduce a little bit of scent work into your everyday life with your puggy, and I have to admit, I tried it at Playgroup and the puggies loved it. I do want to mention that this episode was recorded as part of our live stream series, so if you want to watch the show, then please use the link in the show notes to watch the replay. And before we start, I want to remind you to subscribe to our newsletter and you'll find the link in the show notes so you get advance notice of our next episode and much, much more. Hello, Fiona. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pug Life Show. This is awesome. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really happy to be here and talk all things pugs and sniffers. I know, it's great. So I'll, I will start with the fact that um, I didn't know too much about sniffer school, full stop, end of story, until Donna Smith and then Jennifer Glenn Denning shared their stories about the work that they do with you. So you're WA-based, but you have mm-hmm. said that there are other schools around Australia, which we will share with our viewers, um, because as we were talking before the show, um, Apparently, no age is too old to become a sniffer pug. No, no age is too young. No age is too old. Doesn't matter how many legs you have. It doesn't matter how, on the human ability. You can be, you know, slow, fast, young, old. Everyone, everyone, and every dog. I haven't met a dog yet that can't do sniffer dog school. Yes, I am amazed. I mean, I, I, I wonder about my uh, my old boy Charles, but. You never know. It might put a, another spring in his little mm. puggy step. We can. We have we have dogs, I think, 15, 16, still doing sniffer dog school and still loving it because they we adjust it. We might not make it too tall and they could they potter around <laughs> with a waggy tail and they find what they need to find and they get treats. So they don't need to hear, they don't need to see, they just need to have their little noses on. And pugs have got the best little noses. Yes, just because they're short doesn't mean that they're not powerful. I think they're better than some of the longer noses because I think they're, they're, they're spread out more. I don't know. I was very surprised when I started and the first pug I had, I was like, oh, I don't know, a pug doing sniffer dog school? You know, they've got, oh, my goodness. And I wonder if they their scent cells are actually more spread out so then they actually can smell better because every pug I have met and some of the other dogs with shorter noses are some of the best dogs at sniffer dog school. Wow. Well, I have to admit, as we were talking before we hit record, my second pug, Winston, who is just Charles' litter brother, um, he, uh, I swear to God, that pug could sniff out a treat within a square kilometre. If there was food, no matter how manky it was, he would know where it was. I just, there have been a few times where I had thought to myself over the years, 
you should have been a, ju- a, a drug squad dog. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and that's exactly because all we do is we swap the treat for a different smell. We make the different smell equal the treat. And then they go, oh, so I find this smell, I get the treat. So it's just like that. So he would have been fantastic. Oh, no, missed opportunity, but that's okay. So we'll, um, so we're obviously talking with the assumption that everyone that's watching has actually watched the other episodes that did talk about school. So let's go back to the start and say what inspired you to become a dog trainer and then obviously from that do sniffer training? Oh, I oh, many, many years ago I had the dog that most people would say was very naughty. He did everything wrong. He jumped up on people. He was a rescue dog and then he barked at people and then he decided he didn't like dogs after he got attacked. So I was just a normal person and I went to dog training school and I literally fell flat on my face on the first day. Like literally he pulled me over and I was on the floor. Um, And I went looking for more information. So I got and I got addicted to pet dog training. Like I got addicted to training and he taught me so much because every issue there was he had it, so I had to find out how to how to resolve it. And somehow along the way I was a little bit lost because I got you know how you do it? it's like on Facebook, you ask a question and you get like 20 different responses. Yep. It was kind of like that before Facebook. Everyone gave me the wrong advice and I finally found someone that helped me oh. and he was a scent trainer. And so he actually helped me with my dog and then I kind of looked into scent training and then one day I went for a job as a dog handler. Um, So I spent 14 years in a couple of different um, government agencies with detection dogs. Um, Absolutely loved it, but I never lost my passion for pet dog training. So I was always going and learning. I was at every conference. Um, Four or five years ago today I was in the UK learning about border collies because they're weird. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were just, they're, they're very strange. So I went over to learn more about them. Um, so, yeah, it just, I was really interested in it. And then six years ago, I kind of went, I love pet training pet dogs more than I love doing this operational work. Um, and I was getting encouraged to do scent training for pet dogs. So I started doing it on the side and then I just fell in love with it. It kind of exploded. Um, I was not hardly getting any time to sleep, let alone, I haven't had a day off in years. Um, so I gave up full time and we work pretty much there's myself and three other trainers and we do some tr- normal training and behavior training, but I'd say 75% of our work is doing scent, um, sniffer dog school or scent detection training for pet dogs. And we have a ball and it helps, it helps the dogs amaze, like they gain confidence. It's really cool to watch them do something they can actually already do. They can already find a treat. Yeah. Uh, we're teaching them in a different way and you learn a lot about your dog, you learn about their body language, but you also have fun and it's relaxed and it's enjoyable. So your bond with your dog gets stronger but they get more confident and they feel safe and especially with some of the dogs that are more anxious or worried about the world, they actually get good at something. They get good at it with other dogs around um, and then their owners, I love it, when owners, I, I must admit, I cry sometimes too, um, when like their dog that was always an embarrassment, you know, it barked at other dogs and they always felt like, oh, I failed. And when their dog wins a prize or is really good at something, yeah, I cry too. And they cry in, in enjoyment that their dog can do something really well. Um, yeah. special. That's my positive reinforcement. That's what I get from it is um, helping them realise how amazing their dogs are. See, I'm passion talking already. Oh, no, and it's wonderful. I absolutely love it because pug owners get it. 
we gush about our pugs all day long, all night long, and yeah. you know, all you know, That's drive other people insane. So we completely get it. Mm. It is. The uh, just the thought of gushing about your pug and also gushing about the fact that they're a sniffer champion, like like um, Jenny Emily. did a couple of weeks ago with little Emily. Oh, just Emily made me cry when Emily. <laughs> I yeah, when she got a prize, I was yeah, I got a little teary. I was a little bit proud, and I quite like a lot of people who do scent detection trials, which is the competitions. Mm-hmm. They're very sports people. They do agility and they do others and they've got border collies and they've got Belgian shepherds and, you know, they're very athletic sort of dogs. Yep. And then you've got the doggy lady crew and we do have a few border collies, but we've got <laughs> a lot. We have pugs and we have griffins and we have a we have a Chinese crested dog. Oh, wow. And we have the little one, you know what I mean, and, and some rescue dogs and bull terriers. And I, I do kind of like we're a little bit of a motley crew, but we're like the little ones and the big ones, and and then and we we really do well against the sporty ones too. So it shows you that any dog can do it, and um and yeah, when the less likely dogs do it really well, it gets me a little bit extra proud because I oh. kind of like to see them. Absolutely agree. Because I was going to say, my next question is: is what's the difference between being a serious sniffer dog and a Pug sniffer dog, let's say. Pugs, pugs can get quite serious about it when there's treats on the line. Trust <laughs> I, was me. Say. I mean, you haven't seen little Emily. Ladies-like focus is the word I'd think. <laughs> I think she's, Emily particularly, is extremely focused, extremely focused when she's sniffing. Well, we have, there's different levels. The training itself, like people always say, oh, it's diff, must have been different operationally. But to be fair, it was the same training. I've slightly adjusted it as I've learned more and, and amended, but pretty much it's the same as what it was teaching uh, dogs at the airport. Pretty much you get the odour, you make it equal good stuff like treats, and then you slowly teach them. To, I mean, it's a little bit more complicated, but then you slowly hide it a little bit more and a little bit more. So the actual techniques we use are very similar, but we kind of have a little bit more fun with it, I suppose. I do. Sometimes I have guest um, trainers come, and I had one who was a ex-operational friend who used to work in the army doing explosives and he came and had a go with the guys teaching them how to clear a house and I had to sort of nudge him and go if Vegemite doesn't blow up it's okay (laughs) (laughs) loosen up a bit being being retired military myself I could understand the (laughs) laser-like focus of the trainer And sometimes we have, we do, we we get a little silly with it. We have, I have like my pet dog stream, which are people who don't want to compete. They just have fun with their dogs. And we have these little fun masterclasses. Um, we had a spooky one the other week where we had all the, some people get dressed in costumes, but we have like, you know, ghosts and witches and wizards and and um, the props are all different things. And we have trivia with it as well. So we make it a bit of a fun giggle and the dogs are having their fun. So we have fun with our dogs um, and then we have the more trial people who are learning more skills-based and, and going into the competition. So we do have two streams, but they mix as well. Sometimes the serious ones want to have a bit of a giggle. Um, and it isn't, it's not too, as I always say, nobody dies if you don't find it. <laughs> no. Or they get the wrong You still dog. go out. You still have fun <laughs> with your friends. Your dog still has fun. They don't know. They know they didn't get a pretty ribbon. They don't care. They still get treats. They still get loves. So, no, it's it's good. It's a really good fun sport and it's a nice way to spend time with your dog and also mutual, like people like yourself. Like because you know what it's like when all you want to do is at a party sit there and talk about your pug? 
Yes. And 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 suddenly there's like three meters around you because you're the crazy pug. We're kind of like that. We're the crazy dog people, and when we get together, we can talk about our dogs all day long. Well, I'm I'm completely okay with that. People who work with me now know that they just they can suck it up. Yeah. I put up with their children. They yeah. should be able to put up with my pugs. Exactly. <laughs> you're. So the um so because I was quite interested um because I've always wondered like a how old or how young do they have to be and and uh, and can pugs actually become a, a serious mm-hmm. like employed I've never seen I have to admit I've never seen a pug at um um mm. sort of at the uh, the airport I'd I'd be very happy I tell you what it'd be the most popular pug ever um the number of selfies that I would get with said <laughs> dog even though you're not meant to touch them so I'm just sort of thinking like especially because they say you're not allowed to touch the dog while it's actually doing its job is that the same when you're doing the scent training are they do they sort of start um because I never asked Jennifer about this but when they sort of start their basic training do they just are they getting a room to themselves yeah Um, is it one-on-one or is it still group we do we do one-on-ones at home but the, the classes we have a really cool venue where I have one like big pen at a daycare with solid walls, but they're up to like chest height. Yeah. And that's the working area. And then we have other ones where the dogs wait and some can wait with a friend or two. Others might like to wait on their own. Um, And when they're working, you do not want to get in Emily's way when she's working. You do not want to try and pat her. You will be pushed off. Um, So when they're working, they're quite focused and they don't want the distractions of people or other dogs so they're working on their own with their human obviously in there and I'm generally allowed in there as well um but everyone else is behind they can watch so it's quite nice the walls are up to like chest so they can yeah. watch and Emily some dogs like that some sort of are you looking at me um but they get quite focused because you've seen a dog when they're looking for a treat mm. yeah they're not and that's what the dogs at the airport were like my little beagle was like, get off me if someone tried to pat him. He was like, leave me alone. I'm trying to find something. <laughs> My food isn't, you know, this is about food, people. Leave me alone. Yes. So, so, no, the dogs are actually in their own when they're working. Um, yeah, it's much better that way. Otherwise, imagine two pugs looking for a bit of treat. It, it's going to get messy. Oh, chaos. Absolutely. I mean, to be honest, like, Auntie Donna at Playgroup on Sundays, the pubs know that um, when I show up that there's going to be some awesome treats um, and uh, and trying to get them to sit just to receive their, their said treat is a challenge yes. at times. <laughs> so I could just imagine. but they So they do it inside, but do they do, um, I'm just trying to remember what Jennifer said. So there's all different places during the trials mm. that they, there's different locations that they do the, the yeah. scent testing. Yeah, we start inside because obviously the airflow makes it a bit trickier. So if it's windy outside, I think in Melbourne you've got terrible oh. weather today. Oh, my God, it's horrendous. So you can imagine how the wind makes the scent travel. So we yeah. do start inside and then we move outside. So my class tomorrow, if the weather's nice in, hopefully the weather is nice in Perth, um, we'll be going outside. We might be doing some vehicle searches um, in one class and the other one might be doing some exterior searches. So we we work everywhere outside. Um, we do some work inside and then, yeah, we do out, in trials you have vehicles, exteriors, interiors, and then the containers, which are like the boxes. So there's four elements. Um, for our classes, we go everywhere. We have what we call mystery sniffs. I, I kind <laughs> of got inspired by like the 80s raves, you know, when they used to send people texts 
or so urban myth went. Yeah, yeah I started like that where you'd get a text saying where it was. <laughs> you'd meet me somewhere. So it was, I'd give you the general, like, you know, it'll be in this suburb. Um, but we must admit, we've got a little old cottage that we go and sniff at, um, and like some of the halls. Um, so we have lots of different places that we go and have smells at. And I say that for people, even if you don't do scent work, going and having a smell like at an old cottage or someone else's house, dogs love it and it tires them out because 10 minutes of sniffing, they say, equals 50 minutes of physical exercise oh. in wearing your dog out. Wow. Like, I never yeah. even thought of it that way. So if it's horrible weather over there, go hide the treats around the house, watch them go find it. And I can guarantee you your dogs will be happier and more tired than if you take them for a walk around the block. That is an amazing tip because I have to admit, Charles was a rat bag. Rosie at least still will go outside to go to the toilet um, and have a bit of a run around the backyard even though she doesn't like getting wet grass on a pause. Charles, I've got to like literally like drag him outside to do that. Um, and um, and I never even thought of sort of they normally get like lunchtime treats. As I said, they're at the groomers at the moment getting all pooched up ready for the weekend. Um, so the uh, they'll come home knackered, but maybe I do need to mm. um, lock them in a room. Because, of course, the other problem is, is Charles is so slow, Rosie will gobble up all yes. of the treats whilst he's still My two are a little bit like that too, Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, maybe I need to, in my office around here, I need to, like, put a couple and then um, mm. and then let him go and see how he goes because on days like this they just they won't yeah. walk. I Even- do say make sure it doesn't go under a couch, though. Yes. Beagles, so beagles and pugs are quite similar in the determination that they have. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes, we've got a footstool that I never thought that a pug could get under and mm. uh, and one of our, our very loyal uh, viewers um little Tonka come to stay with us for a couple of weeks while his mum had to go to hospital and um, and he's a little taller than Rosie and Charles and I could not get over. He, Andrew, I don't know what he dropped, but I tell you what, Tonka was almost like a slinky. He just sort of went and then I'm like, what is he doing? And he was, it was just incredible. And then Andrew's sort of like, is he under the footstool? And I said, you watch it. And he literally just went and then shimmied his little body through, picked up whatever it was that Andrew dropped and then basically kept shimmying through till the other end. And I, I just, and the worst thing is, is we were so gobsmacked. Mm. I didn't even have time to get my phone out and record it to send to Kim and say, does Tonka do this at home? Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, that is incredible. See, determination. Tonka oh, would make yeah. a great sniffer dog. Well, Kim, hopefully on Sunday night she'll be watching. It looks like we need to take Rosie Charles and Tonka to sniffer training. And on that, if there's anyone watching who goes, oh, I don't live in Perth, I can't come to sniffer dog school, do pop a note in the comments. Then I can, I may not get in then the live, but even if I get in after, yeah. I'll do some research and find a sniffer dog school near you because they are all around the country tasmania has lots of great sniffer dog schools i don't know what's in the water down there but they have a sniffer dog school at the corner amazing so there are ways and you can play games as well no but i really i do love the uh, i'm going to uh, i'm going to try and attempt to do the uh, the treat thingy around the house Mm -hmm. before the show goes live on sunday night so i can reliably report how rosie and charles go i always say scent work is the best dog sport because you can do it in your pajamas holding a glass of wine oh 
You've absolutely sold it to me, Fiona. <laughs> I swear you've absolutely sold it to me. <laughs> and to be honest, why didn't I talk to you when the show first started last year and we were still in lockdown? Like how exactly. much? Yep. Charles and Rosie feel like they're probably being cheated now mm. because I've left it so late. It's a great win, but it's not just a great winter sport. It's good in summer, especially with yeah. the pucks, because going out in the heat's not so good. You can do exercises inside with the air conditioning on and keep them nice and cool. So it's good in hot and cold when we don't want to get wet because you know that wet, like the, the rain can melt pugs. Um, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It, it can melt beagles too apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean, it gives you options to do and it's, I know I was brought up with you should walk your dog twice a day. Yeah. Um, but now I've been dog training for 20 years. I've changed. I'm like, just spend at least 30 minutes with your dog one-on-one doing something they enjoy. And so that they get a physical workout, they get a mental workout, you get to bond with them. Yeah. I prefer it twice a day. Um, but doing something like scent work gives them a body workout that's gentle on their bodies. So it doesn't matter if they've got spine issues or leg issues. You just make sure it's at the right height for them. Yeah. So they get a really nice body workout. They bend, they move. Um, they get a nice brain workout and you get to learn lots about your dog and they enjoy it. So it's a perfect exercise, really keeps them safe and well and warm. Wow, Puggies, I'm loving this episode and I hope you are too. If you haven't already subscribed to our newsletter, then please click on the link in our show notes so you get advance notice of our next guest And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Living the Pug Life, so you can be the crazy pug lady you've always wanted to be with our other like-minded crazy pug ladies. Now it's time to get back to the show. Definitely love it because I was looking on your Facebook page at all your videos um, and um, I can't remember the puppy's name, but... He was doing some outside scent work and your comment, um, I can't remember if it was said verbally or it was written in, he was he found a treat in the tap out the back another time and this time he made a beeline for the tap and I thought to myself, that would be Rosie and Charles. <laughs> no, I, um, I, was, I also judge at the scent work trials and they've only been going for just over a year here, was it maybe a year here in Perth. And my first one that I did outside, it was really hard to find somewhere to put the little odour because you still got to hide it so people can't see it. Yeah. And I went, ooh, I'm going to put it up the tap. And a lot of people, <laughs> it was perfect for me, <laughs> but a lot of people went, why is my dog sniffing the tap? It can't be up the tap. <laughs> and one of my lovely clients, it was a hot, warmish day, her dog went up and licked the tap and she went, are you thirsty? You want a drink? <laughs> Come on, let's keep working. So, so no, that was a, a yeah. We reenacted the tap, and this time I fooled nobody. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, because um, I think um, Jenny was saying that like Emily started with Vegemite. Yes. Um, but you have other scents, and so you're talking about. So it's not actually other than the Vegemite. All the other mm. smells, they're just like a an oil or something. Yeah. So I start with Vegemite because I want it to be a game everyone can play. It doesn't cost you a fortune. Um, I, you know, I supply everything at the beginning, but at the end I want you to go, oh, you can get some Vegemite, you can get, you know, and hide it somewhere and give your dog the treats. You don't need any special equipment. Um, and also Vegemite's safe. They can, if, they, if they accidentally get into your Vegemite supply, it's okay, you know. 
thank God. A little salty, but <laughs> it's okay. Um, and then if people get, some people get addicted to it and they want to go into the sport, so we do the oils. But it's, we say the oils, but it's not much. It's, there's birch, anise, cypress and clove oils. Um, and we learn them one at a time, but it's only two drops of oil onto a cotton ball and then you put 30 little cotton, you know, the earbud, the cotton tips yeah. in there. So then they infuse the oil. So there's actually not that much oil on them. Um, but dogs' noses are amazing. They can mm. smell anything. The things that they can smell, like that's quite strong. Some of the dogs go, oh, that's a bit strong. Um, the Vegemite's a bit strong. So what they can smell, I mean, they can smell diseases. They can smell mm. pheromones. Their noses are incredible. Um, we just underestimate them, to be fair. So, But, yeah, the oils are, are for the competitions because um, everywhere else, I must admit, when I first started here in WA, no one else was doing the sport here. And I thought, what can I get them to find? Something yeah. that's safe, something that isn't sitting, because I thought, oh, I'll get them to t- find apples. But I thought, oh, people have fruit bowls. You know, they can't be finding yeah. that constantly. Um, so I went for Vegemite because of that. It took me ages to work it out. And so Vegemite became quite the thing over here in WA. But of course, the rest of Australia weren't following us. You know, you guys in Melbourne were looking for these oils, which they looked for in the US. So when they got a national rules out, um, they did choose the oils over our West Australian Vegemite. But, you know, that's okay. But, yeah. Yes, well, I have to admit, um, there seems to be uh, there seems to be a common standard in um, in food requirements for pugs: roast chicken. Well, that's what we do. To be honest, all we do at the beginning is we say, "You smell this? Have some chicken." Do you smell this? Have some chicken. So in the end, every time they smell Vegemite, they go, "Chicken, can you give me the chicken?" And so it's like they're looking for chicken. And our job is basically when when they find it, they tell us and we teach them like to sit or to hold their nose on it or whatever's comfortable for them, and then we run in and give them the chicken. So it's like them looking for a bit of chicken. I always call it, yeah, look for the chicken. Because nice. if you get chicken, they find it. But it's cheaper than buying chicken because you can be cheap afterwards. Oh. And if you have no chicken, you can use a Vegemite and you can sneak another cheaper treat in, just saying. Yes, absolutely. Even though I have to admit, it does sort of remind me of the days when my niece was very young and she would only eat anything that was white or tasted like chicken. Um, so mushrooms are chicken. <laughs> I'm sure, like she's in her 20s now and I'm almost certain that in the next couple of years she's going to be coming to me for um, for a bill to pay for the therapy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you mean they're not chicken? They taste like chicken. <laughs> But I have to like with Charles when he's um, when he's got a crook belly or he's got an um, upset tummy sort of thing, um, and he won't eat his usual um, dinner. Roast chicken, yes, that would yeah. have to be the most expensive way to get that pug to eat his drugs so that we can get his tummy right again. Roast chicken solves everything, oh everything, goodness. any any issue. I don't yeah. need to be a vet. I can just say, "Just get the chicken." <laughs> Please don't. Just go to your vet. That's like asking for vet advice on, on Facebook. Um, so the other probably, what's the most difficult thing in your experience with training a pug? Because you've obviously been a dog trainer, like a trainer mm. trainer, and then obviously sniffer school and uh, all the other things, like the, the list of qualifications you have on your website is just um, is intimidating almost. Uh, so what is the most difficult? Because I think... Every pug owner has a different opinion as to what it takes to train their pug to be 
mildly well behaved. It's it's pretty much focusing that determination for good and not evil. <laughs> evil is definitely a word I would subscribe. And making it worth worth their while, I think. But once you say, hey, would you do this for a piece of chicken? They're like, certainly, ma'am. Can I, you know, open the door, shut the door, drive you around the block and come back? Um, as soon as you show them what you want, pugs are awesome. Pugs are one of my favourite dogs to train. Um, it's to being clear. They do like clear instructions. So mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's us not being very clear. Um, and I, But the, they're amazing dogs. Like I'm serious. I'm a pug fan. I love them. I, I, they weren't really on my radar. I was always a big dog person growing up. Yeah. I always thought, when I had to work with beagles, I went, oh, they're a little dog. And then when I met pugs, to be fair, I became quite a pug fan. Um, they're amazing. They're amazing. They're, they're little characters. Oh, yes. Um, but as soon as you have it for them and you give them clear instructions, they are on it and they will work so hard for it. The hardest thing as a trainer with pugs is keeping them cool. Um, mm. I know for scent work, when we work inside without air conditioning on at first, it can be a little tricky. Yeah. So I would say starting it in winter with your pugs is best because then we can put keep them cooler in summer. Um, that's probably the only thing. I love them. They're, they're good little learners. They, um, you just got to be very clear and make it worth it. Mm. So if you are not clear, if you, like, sit there and go, don't do that, no, stop it, stop it, and don't tell them what you want them to do instead, they'll just go, I don't get you. Yeah. Whereas if you say, I don't like that. Can you do this instead? I'll give you a piece of chicken for doing this. They'll go, no worries. I'll do this instead. Absolutely, you have me. So I need to stuff chicken in the bottom of my shoes to get them to bring me the shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you. Oh, we could teach them. They would. They would bring them. I have to. It's. I've always sort of, I've been quite lucky with all of my pugs in that, um, I've had low expectations, so as long oh. as they come when they're told and they mm-hmm. sit when they're told, um, all the rest of it, as much as it would be amazing to have any of my pugs heel, roll over or shake my hand, and admittedly most all of my pugs except for Rosie have been rescues, um, so by the time they come to me they're already semi-like I have to admit, the first time we took um, Charles and Winston when they were two, we rescued them at two, um, to, we took them to obedience training knowing that they were a little bit on the old side for pugs for, for really difficult stuff, um, The especially Winston's face. The first time we said sit, Winston just kind of looked at me and went, what? <laughs> <laughs> then we kind of like pushed his little bum down and said, look, treat. And then it was so funny, like Charles was quite, was quite quick-witted. Winston was cunning. If he couldn't see a treat, he wasn't doing anything. I see. You've got to be quick to go take because we use the tree often to say do this but we've got to quickly take it away and then use it afterwards as payment because and then they soon learn oh she asks me afterwards I get the treat it's payment it's not a bribe (laughs) that's what we've got to do really good point actually Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that they understand the difference these days we could work on it I have to because Rosie especially like it's so funny Charles is is going deaf like the vet has mm. said he's definitely on the way out but he can still hear the pantry door opening yep. um at just the right time and andrew's opinion is rosie hears the door open and her little head pops, pops up. up um and all he does is respond to rosie's mm. almost pavlovian response to the pantry door <laughs> opening at dinner time um yeah. and i was like no i'm sure that he's pulling our legs and he can still hear 
he's just a little bit selective in the uh, in the choice of when he extends that superpower. We could take Rosie out of the picture and open the door and see if it works. Well, see, it this is the thing. Like, I'm certain I've seen him respond without Rosie around. Andrew yeah. doesn't believe me. They can have different. I've got an old deaf beagle and certain pictures he can hear and my voice is quite high especially when I'm excited yeah. so if I call him to come he can come but my house sitter has got quite a husky it's French so it's quite a husky low voice and he never listens to her and we went worked out I said you have to put your voice high and be silly like me she's like fine now <laughs> never silly <laughs> so no but no yeah any a lot of people sort of go, oh, they're stubborn, they won't do it. I say no. But my biggest advice to people is if your dog is doing something you don't like is to teach them what you like instead and then mm-hmm. pay them for it. And then they'll do it, especially pugs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's that often we sit there and it's like if I sat there and went no to you, don't, stop it, stop it. And you're like, what? And it could be, you know, stop sitting. But you don't yeah. know because I'm just yelling at you and they're like, what? And it doesn't do anything to help them. So I always say, instead, if I got a bit of chicken and put it on your nose and, you know, held it up, you'd go, oh, yes, stand up. So pugs are the same. And they're smart. They're very smart. Yes, but I think cunning. Mm. Determined. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I'd probably say my... um, Usually my last question for our show with 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 our pug owners is um what is uh what's your pug's favorite outfit that they mm-hmm. like to wear be whatever it is uh so I suppose my question for you is cuz we definitely have a um two schools of thought in the pug world collar versus harness what's the better one to use for training um I actually have a blog on my website about collars and harnesses yeah. Whatever is comfortable for the dog. So I've done a lot of, I've actually, apart from scent work, my other passion is what they call proprioceptional fitness um, about keeping dogs' bodies healthy. And I generally will go for a well-fitted harness, um, one that doesn't restrict the movement of their little front legs because Mm -hmm. a badly fitted harness, boys, block your ears. Ladies, it's like wearing a badly fitted bra. Yes. If it digs under your arms, it puts you out all day. Um, so a harness, I've got, if you go to my website, I actually do have a blog with pictures, but not one that goes across their shoulders, not one that pulls, you know, the anti-pull ones because they can actually do damage under here as well. So it's one that goes, sort of sits, it sort of goes around their neck, but down, um, I'm showing you, but you can't see. Mm -hmm. No, no, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, And then there's a circle around the chest sort of the, the stomach, the waist almost, and then there's yep. two lines. So they haven't got restricted movement and it doesn't pull if they pull on their, on their throat. Um, that's the best because it's comfortable for them um, and training for if your dog pulls, train them, but a harness like that is much more comfortable for them and they won't damage themselves. Some dogs don't like harnesses and we as trainers can teach them to like harnesses, but I'll be honest, there's some dogs that I really don't like it. So for those dogs, a collar is just as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever, if it's a collar or a harness, I would say make sure it's well-fitted and it's comfortable for your dog because you can do damage with both. Um, my first little beagle, he was a rescue and he'd been brought up with a check chain and he actually damaged his throat because he would throw himself against it. Didn't care. That was him. 
Yeah. Um, and he ended up that he couldn't have any pressure on his neck whatsoever. Oh. So even if he went to you know, touch it, he'd just be coughing for hours. Oh. So collars can really damage if they're those sort of pulling dogs. Yeah. If harnesses had been around and he was wearing a harness, he would have been really comfortable. Mm. So a flat collar or a comfortable harness, and if your dog pulls, train. Find a trainer. Um, I'm also with the Institute of Modern Dog Trainers. We're actually around the world, so we're not big in the US, but the U- it started in the UK. Um, all the trainers are accredited and qualified, and they will teach you to teach your dog nicely with treats, <laughs> um, to walk <laughs> nicely on lead. So, And they are. They're all around Australia, and there's a trainer's directory there. So, yeah, Um I like a nice, well-fitted harness. My dogs wear harnesses, but they also have a flat collar on, um, and I've trained them not to pull. But saying that, my dogs are not trick dogs. They don't actually do a million and one things. My Labrador does because he's a little bit more of a wanter to do it. My Beagle's very pug-like. He is very pug-like. <laughs> he comes when he's caught and he finds things with his nose, and that's pretty much it. And I'm happy with that because he's happy with that. He doesn't need to do any more thinking stuff. He just yeah. So every dog is different. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. That's wonderful because it's always it's always been a, a hot topic of conversation mm. at play group um, because people have, uh, whether it's what they've grown up with mm. or what they've read elsewhere, there is a very definite opinion. Um, and I've always been for harnesses. Mm. Um, so that's, but I grew up with hunting dogs who only yeah. ever had collars, but they were also trained to run off lead and and mm. and all that sort of stuff. So my family all thought I was nuts when I said to them um, that when I leave home and go out to the real world, I'm going to get a pug. And they all they all sort of blinked and went, "You want to get a what?" Yeah. I went, "I want a pug." And they just sort of like, and, that, and Milo will notice my favourite pug movie ever. That was uh, that was when I decided that I was going to have a pug. So. The, uh, but yeah, all my pugs have had um, have had harnesses. For exactly, I've always worried mm. about the the sore throat. Mm. Um, also, I think being helped if, if there's pressure on the neck, it, it can change their behaviour a little. When I got I got a Labrador about fifth hand when I was working at the airport. He hadn't done well with other handlers. Mm. Let's just say, um, and he pulled a lot. And these are professional people. They couldn't walk him without him pulling. He had a check chain on. He used to hold his, you know, he just, oh. he was a puller. And yeah. I came and I went, I'm not using that equipment because it can twitch him. So I put a harness on him. And even I was like, this dog's strong. Am I being a bit silly? But as soon as I put a comfortable harness on him, he relaxed. It was really bizarre. Yeah. It really taught me a lot because I went, wow, all that pressure on the neck oh, and lady. pulling because there's that, you know, they pull against pressure, they push against it. As soon as I put the harness on, he wasn't perfect. Is now, of course, um, but he suddenly went, "Yeah, I can walk on that. It's comfortable." Um, and it was able. Then I did a little bit of training, and now he walks beautifully on his harness. But yeah, he taught me a lot about that because I wasn't sold completely on harnesses at that time. No, that is well. It's proof in the pudding. At the mm. end of the day, that's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Fiona. It has been enlightening as much as, and I tell you what, I definitely do want to know um, where we can try sniffer training out in yeah. Victoria. So, the some uh, lovely trainers in Victoria. I'll pop, I'll jump on when the live show goes on and I'll pop some links on. I'll do a little research between now and then um, and find you some good trainers who do scent work. No, thank you so much. So, for everybody who's watching, I will actually make sure that. 
that it's on um, in the Facebook group as well. But you can find Fiona on thedoggylady.com.au and also at Doggy Lady uh, on Facebook and YouTube, if I remember correctly as well. So absolutely great videos. Um, and I, I love this. I loved your website. I checked it out and, uh, and looked at your very intimidating list of, of qualifications. So I haven't the, updated uh, it either. <laughs> <laughs> so, like yeah, that. definitely check out the Facebook page and have a look at all the videos. It was just if you, if you can't visualise sniffer training, definitely check out the Facebook page because those videos were great for me to be able to mm. um, situate uh, how it all kind of worked, even after I'd seen photos of little, little Emily doing a, a spectacular job. She's awesome. She's puggalicious, that one. Yes. She's a little bit of a favourite in the in the in the sniffer dog gang. I'm not surprised. She is adorable. So have a wonderful rest of the day because obviously you're a Thank couple you. of hours behind me. Yeah. So um, so you've got uh, you've got a good part of the day to go, uh, and we'll catch you soon. Okay. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Fiona. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Pug Life Show. If you liked the episode or if you think it'll be useful for someone else, please leave a review over at podchaser.com. And if you've got any questions or want to tell us how much you loved the episode, then let me know over at our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, where crazy pug ladies meet to talk all things pug. So until next time, puggies, have a pawsome week and humans be generous with the snackies.